Bishop Earl and I discuss Mormon icons who live polygamy, Harley P. and Orson Pratt, next on Polygamy. What love is this? A few weeks ago, we presented the real Heber C. Kimball, a powerful man of the early Mormon church who had 45 wives amazing. and was second in authority to Brigham Young after the Mormons came to Salt Lake City. Yeah. Many polygamous Mormon pioneers are held in high esteem uh, to this day. They're valued as prophets of God and pious and righteous men of whom God was proud to call his own. Yeah. I know when I was growing up, would hear stories about all of these people and they were holier than thou, walking around with halos, all this kind of stuff. Well, there's a certain they pride, certain pride we all have in our ancestors that people. were polygamist. Mm -hmm. I had a great, great grandfather that way. Mm -hmm. yeah. But there's a lot of information about some of these that Mormon historians have whitewashed and they've neglected to tell the whole story about them. Stories that mar their clean and righteous image and we're going to talk about them here. And this time we want to present Parley P. Pratt and his brother Orson Pratt. Both men were highly, highly regarded uh, by both the LDS Church and the polygamists today. First of all, Parley uh, Parker Pratt is who we'll talk about first. He was born April 12th of 1807 and died May 13th, 1857, when he was only 50 years old, pretty yeah, young. Yeah. He was a leader in this new Mormon religion. It was referred to by some as, hold on to your seats, the Apostle Paul of <laughs> Mormonism. Oh boy. I know. He was one of the first members of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. Parley's Canyon, east of Salt Lake City, is named after him. Yeah. He was a polygamist. He was the father of 30 children and is the great-great-grandfather of Mitt Romney and the great-great-great-grandfather of former Gov Utah Governor John Huntsman, Jr. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> of course, with 30 kids, you're going to have a lot of <laughs> grand and great-grandkids and so That's on. True. So He joined the Mormon Church in September of 1830 and just a couple of weeks later baptized his younger brother, Orson Pratt, into Mormonism. Now, Parley Pratt served the Mormon Church faithfully. He went on missions. He was an elder. He headed the school of elders. Hmm. He traveled inside and outside the United States peddling the Mormon gospel. He's considered one of the great early Mormon leaders, settlers, and patriarchs. But few in Mormonism are aware of his polygamous life on how he died and why he was killed. <laughs> We're going to talk about that now. In August of 2005, LDS President Gordon Hinckley talked about the death of Parley P. Pratt, but he left out important detail. We quote. Yes, uh, this is taken from Stephen Benson's Recovery from Mormonism, September 2012. <coughs> Hinckley deceptively <coughs> declares Parley Pratt was 23 years of age when he joined the Mormon Church. The reading of the Book of Mormon affected him so profoundly that he was soon baptized into the church and became one of its most effective and powerful advocates. In the course of his ministry, he traveled from coast to coast across what is now the United States into Canada and to England. He worked in the Isles of the Pacific and was the first Latter-day Saint missionary to set foot on the soil of South America. In 1857, while serving a mission in Arkansas, he was shot in the back and killed by an assailant. He was buried in a rural area near the community of Alma, 
and today in that quiet place, a large block of polished granite marks the site of his grave. Okay. Sounds pretty good. Sounds real good. <laughs> now, Mormonism is known <clears throat> for its blatant lack of honesty and for whitewashing its sordid history. And Hinckley leaves out important information in his telling this story. Someone said that in omitting the information, Hinckley almost invites the unsuspecting faithful Mormon to become angry about Pratt's death because he said only that he was shot in the back. Hinckley knowingly leaves out the truth of how and why Pratt was killed. Parley P. Pratt was a polygamist. Now, depending on the list, he had a total of 12 wives and 30 children, and the story of his last wife is the story behind his death. Now, I never learned the true story of Parley Pratt really? when I was growing up. Oh. And I wonder how many faithful believers in Mormonism know the true story. Well, here it is. Joseph Smith introduced the idea that Gentile marriages were not valid because they were not performed by Mormon priesthood. And this is clarified a little bit with, by Richard S. Van Wagner in Mormon Polygamy, A History, on page 42. Smith viewed as invalid those marriages not sealed by his blessing, claiming sole responsibility for binding and unbinding marriages on earth and in heaven. He did not consider it necessary to obtain civil marriage license or divorce decrees. Whenever he deemed it appropriate, he could release a woman from her earthly marriage and seal her to himself or another with no stigma of adultery. Hmm, that's, that's pretty convenient, isn't it? Freewheeling. <laughs> Many of these men did not ask for a divorce from the women, just like we read in there. Joseph yeah. Smith didn't, and many of the men didn't either before they married a plural wife because they only recognized Mormon marriages as, as valid marriages. It seems the Mormon articles of faith was of little value to them because they ignore the laws of the land. And yet the Mormon articles of faith said they will obey the laws of the land. And marriage and divorce is included. In the, but when the laws don't fit in with their own ideas, then they ignore them. Mm -hmm. Now, Parley P. Pratt himself pursued a married woman for a plural wife. Her name was Eleanor Jane McLean, and she had three children. She was legally married to Hector Hugh McLean. Excuse me, my throat's not... <clears throat> working very good. <clears throat> Pratt was in California on a Mormon mission when <clears throat> he and Eleanor met, and he converted her to Mormonism. Now, despite her being married and the mother of three children, Pratt proposed to her. He already had several wives, but for many polygamous men, the number of plural wives he can have is open-ended. Right. You know, <laughs> he was no apostle, Paul. Now, Eleanor's husband... <clears throat> discovered, <clears throat> my word, <laughs> Eleanor's husband discovered the romance, and so he immediately got the children out of her reach and sent them to Arkansas to mm -hmm. be with relatives so that she would not have the opportunity to abduct the children when she ran away with Pratt, we quote. And this is from Jim Whitefield, The Mormon Delusion, page 182. Eleanor married Pratt in Salt Lake City on November 14, 1855, age 37. Pratt was 48 years old. Eleanor remained married to her legal husband, Hector Hugh McLean. McLean was not desperate to get his wife back, hmm. but he did not want her to have the children. Eleanor, on the other hand, was determined 
to obtain them. Okay, so sometime after Eleanor and Parley were married, he went on another Mormon mission. So he took her to Utah, married her as a plural wife, and then he went on an, another Mormon mission. Now, Eleanor took advantage of his absence to go find her children, and she was able to retrieve one of them. She then, after that, met up with Pratt, who was in Arkansas, where he was serving his mission. Now, after she absconded with her child, Eleanor's legal husband pursued and caught up with them both. They were together at this point, and he hauled them before a magistrate. She admitted guilt for illegally abducting the child, and Parley was released from any charges. But that didn't make McLean any too happy. Pratt no. had stolen his <laughs> wife and was living in adultery with her, we quote. Yeah. Pratt set off on horseback heading for Salt Lake on his own. Before long, McLean caught up with Pratt and murdered him. Pratt was shot from his horse, several bullets tore through his clothes, and one hit his collarbone. McLean then stabbed Pratt twice. Over the next couple of hours, Pratt bled to death from his stab wounds. Okay, now that's from an the, angry husband. That's the true story of Pratt's death. Now, remember Hinckley had said, and I quote, while serving a mission in Arkansas, he was shot in the back and killed by an assailant. Yeah. He conveniently left out some very important information sure about did. that. Pratt sure was did. shot, but it died from knife wounds inflicted by the husband of a woman that Pratt had stolen from him. It's easy to see the deception in Hinckley's statement. Sure. Now, McLean took back custody of the child that Eleanor had kidnapped, and she was left to return to Utah alone. Of course, we would never advocate that kind of violence and murder and, and retaliation, but we can hardly condone Parley Pratt's adultery either. Mm. Pratt stole Eleanor away from her legal husband and married her as a polygamous wife without a legal divorce. All of that's against the law. It was pure adultery, and doing this in the name of polygamy as the will of God makes the crime even worse. Legally, the marriage was bigamy or polyandry in Mormon language. <laughs> so Parley P. Pratt was not the pious, righteous, honorable man that many Mormons believe him to be. Now, <clears throat> after relating this story, someone said, this is just another one of the many deaths possibly attributed to Joseph Smith and his restoration of all things. Some restoration. <laughs> now, in his book, Mormon Delusion, Whitefield quotes a quote that goes like this. I just love this. It's H.L. Mencken's quote, Human beings never welcome the news that something they have long cherished is untrue. They almost always reply to that news by reviling the promulgator. And we've both had that happen to us. Yes, we've we seen have. it happen to others, and certainly through history we have, and yes, in the Bible we've so seen it too. True. Now, the Bible says the same thing, only much better. In Galatians 4.16, it says, Have I now become your enemy by telling Tell you the truth? The truth. <laughs> <laughs> now, we have a few odd quotes that Parley P. Pratt made that we'd like to share with you, showing that the so-called wisdom of man is foolishness with God. Yep, he says, God, angels, and men are all of one species, one race, one great family, wildly diffused among the planetary systems as colonies, kingdoms, nations, etc. How would he know that? <laughs> That's certainly not what the Bible teaches by any means. And God is not a man. Angels were not once humans, and humans are not and cannot become angels or gods. 
about Christianity, Pratt said this. The sooner the present generation loses all reverence and respect for modern Christianity with all its powerless forms and solemn mockeries, the sooner they will be prepared to receive the kingdom of God. Now that's a slam at Christianity, <laughs> sure but they, the Mormons did that. Yeah. Why they want to be Christians is beyond me. Obviously the kingdom of God to the Mormons are the Mormons. <laughs> Today each polygamy group claims that it's the only kingdom of God on the planet, but that's not what Jesus taught about the Lamanites Pratt said this. Mm -hmm. The Lamanites became a dark and benighted people of whom the American Indians are still a remnant. <laughs> and he also said to the red men of America, you are a branch of the house of Israel. You are descended from the Jews or rather more generally from the tribe of Joseph, which Joseph was a great prophet and ruler in Egypt. Now we know that statement's not true, don't we? Yeah, we sure do. Modern science DNA has totally shown it to be false. The Mormon are not, the American Indians are not of Jewish descent. Sure. They are of Asian descent. Pratt and his peers were all false, false prophets claiming and teaching something was true that was false. And some people think the Mountain Meadows Massacre occurred because they, the, the, the train was coming from yeah. Arkansas the and, yeah. uh, and maybe Brigham Young was afraid that they were coming to retaliate and so they <laughs> retaliated to them mostly for killing Parley P. Pratt. Whether yeah. or not that's true, I don't know if they'll ever know that. Probably not. So that's our <laughs> beloved Parley P. Pratt. Yeah, a little different than <laughs> Gordon B. Hinckley would have yeah. said. Huh? Yeah, yeah. They, they just are good at covering, <laughs> just putting that veil over the truth, over and, the details. And I also understand, maybe I'm wrong on this, but the Parley's Canyon thing you're talking about, he used to assess a fee for people going over Parley's Canyon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Had you he, heard that? He, uh, I had heard it, yeah. You know, a a financial. And he had... Um, he was attributed for, uh, in you know, pioneering and and uh, and uh, you know, kind of going through the canyon and learning more about it than anybody else, and and so uh, maybe he had thought he had the right to charge a fee. I don't know. No, well, or I don't, he, I don't or know. he somehow owned it and yeah, charged people. Be I don't know. Because he was the one who had. Probably should study that. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah. So now we're going to take a look at Orson Pratt. <laughs> He was known as the intelligent one of the early Mormonism. He was born September of 1811, and he died October of 1881. He was the last surviving member of the original council of the 12 that Joseph Smith set up. He was baptized into Mormonism on his 19th birthday by his older brother, Parley P. Pratt. He was ordained and named an elder uh, several months later, and he served several missions for Mormonism, including in England and Scotland. We quote... On his return to America in 1841, Orson Pratt found the church membership in contention over several issues. Rumors and gossip were rife in Nauvoo, Illinois, and Pratt found the religious principle of plural marriage difficult to accept. He rebelled against Smith when he found that his wife, Sarah Pratt, accused Smith of attempting to seduce her. Pratt was disciplined and excommunicated August 20 of 1842. Some months later, he reconciled with Smith and requested rebaptism. Pratt was reinstated in the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. Okay, so that's a little drama going on there, <laughs> yes. and it all turned out for Joseph Smith. 
Now, he is said to have been well-versed in mathematics and philosophy and languages and theology. Yeah. Now, regarding theology, he taught total nonsense. But his mathematics did come in handy when he calculated how many wives a god needed to have and how often he'd have to engage in sex in order to populate <laughs> the world he would rule over as their god. That took a mathematician to figure that one out. Orson Pratt had a total of 10 wives and 45 children. When he was 57 years old, he married a 16-year-old girl. She was younger than Pratt's oldest daughter. His first and only legal wife, Sarah, condemned his polygamous behavior. Here was my husband, gray-headed, taking to his bed young girls in mockery of marriage. Of course, there could be no joy for him in such an intercourse, except for the indulgence of his fanaticism and something else, perhaps, which I hesitate to mention. <laughs> well, some people think what she hesitated to mention was that Orson had this, this supreme delight that he had his own harem yeah. and a personal harem like big Bible guys did. <laughs> well, we have previously discussed Sarah's experience with the adulterous proposal from Joseph Smith, so we won't go into that again. <clears throat> but Sarah never <laughs> truly reconciled to the idea of polygamy. And after many years, she left her husband for a more peaceful life. Hmm. For example, Orson married his fourth wife just a few days before Sarah gave birth to their fifth wife. Now, they knew she was going to have a baby real soon. Why yeah. couldn't he wait? <laughs> so his attention and delight was in a new wife, not in his new baby. Eleven days after Orson's third wife gave birth to a daughter, Sarah's 15-month-old baby girl died. And while she was grieving, Orson was enjoying yet another plural wife. Hmm. While Orson was away on a mission to England, he illegally married two women and brought them back to Utah as plural wives. Oh, that's crazy. Being alone for so many years while Orson was away on missions and then sharing him with other women when he did come home became too much for poor Sarah. Their marriage came to an abrupt end in 1868 when Orson said he wanted to spend a week in turn with each of the five plural wives who were then still with him. It was not enough for Sarah to only have his company each sixth week. They had been apart for over a third of the previous 30 years while he was away on missions. The rest of the time he had been courting, marrying, and having children with a succession of much younger women. As Sarah became older, she felt increasingly lonely and completely unfulfilled in her marriage. And I'm sure that was true of mm -hmm. many of those Many of them, yeah. Women. Yeah, they've whitewashed. They, they've <laughs> whitewashed it. Now, of course, Sarah had had enough. And at this, this point, she snapped and she left Orson Pratt. She later said that polygamy was, and I quote, the direst curse with such a people or with which a people or a nation could ever be afflicted. It completely demoralizes good men and makes bad men correspondingly worse. And you know what? I people from polygamy groups have discussed this yeah. this quote from Sarah, and they all agree. They've either experienced it themselves or they've watched it happen. Good men bad, and bad men even worse. Mm -hmm. Whether polygamists or Mormons believe it or not, they are not exempt from God's warning against adultery, and that men ought to support their own families. Yeah, from First Timothy five eight. 
If anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for his immediate family, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. And we've quoted this quote several times in yeah. the, through the years of doing the show, and we'll do it some more because you know what? People really, the polygamous men really need to get this under yeah. their belt. And it's true. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Today's polygamists are not much different than the early Mormon polygamists were. Uh, many families were left to exist in deep poverty and loneliness. Orson Pratt had married a woman while in Liverpool, and he brought her to Utah when he returned home. He moved her to Tooele, which is, what, about 30 miles west of Utah, of yeah, Salt Lake? Yeah. And then he just left her there with her kids and promptly ignored her. Oh, dear. She and the children began to suffer acute hunger and neglect. Neighbors would bring her food when they could, but Orson was busy in Salt Lake City courting other females during this time. Neighbors notify him that his wife was dying. So he finally, after a long time, came out to see her. Hmm. It was too late. Nothing could be done to keep her from death, and she died the next morning. Someone said, the LDS Church paints a picture of polygamy that does not match its reality. This and so many other heartbreaking stories prove that statement to be true. Before we present some of Pratt's radical ideas, we need to quote from a prophecy given by Joseph Smith <laughs> regarding Orson Pratt. And by the way, this quote proves both Joseph Smith and Orson Pratt are false prophets. <laughs> Doctrine and Covenants, section 34, Revelation through Joseph Smith to Orson Pratt in Fayette, New York, November 4, 1830. History of the Church in Volume 1, 127 through 128. My son Orson, hearken and hear, and behold what I, the Lord God, shall say unto you, even Jesus Christ, your Redeemer. And blessed are you because you have believed, and more blessed are you because you are called of me to preach my gospel. Wherefore, lift up your voice and spare not, for the Lord God hath spoken. Therefore prophesy, and it shall be given by the power of the Holy Ghost." So by Joseph Smith's own words, Orson Pratt was to prophesy. In other words, he was, he a, was prophet. a prophet. Yeah. So when is a prophet not a prophet? Well, when he doesn't <laughs> tell the truth. <laughs> and his book, The Seer, is now an embarrassment to the LDS Church. So he was called to prophesy. He did. Yeah. And now he, the church is embarrassed by what he said. Pratt was appointed uh, by Brigham Young to be the spokesman for polygamy, and it was Orson who gave the introductory sermon in 1852 when the Mormons finally publicly admitted to their doctrine of polygamy. Up to that point, they were living it, but they denied it. Yeah. His book, The Seer, came, uh, contains a lot of controversial and heretical information from his great intelligence. We quote. Yeah, that's from Desert News. In 1865, a majority of the First Presidency and the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles of the LDS Church officially condemned some of Pratt's doctrinal writings, including some of his articles from The Seer. The Seer and other writings by Pratt contain doctrines which we cannot sanction and which we have felt impressed to disown, so that the saints who now live and who may live hereafter may not be misled by our silence or be left to misinterpret it. Where these objectionable works and parts or parts of works are bound in volumes or otherwise, they should be cut out and destroyed. <laughs> so they're dissing on their own prophet. Joseph Smith told him to prophesy, and yeah. he did. Now they <laughs> told him to cut, cut it, out. it out and throw it away. 
they're not so <laughs> vocal now, but they just now bury the journal of discourses yeah. or Mormon doctrine or yeah. miracles of forgiveness or something All else. All those good things, yeah. 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 Now, uh, Orson Pratt blamed monogamy for the problems of the world. He sermonized it like this. This law of monogamy, or the monogamic system, laid the foundation for prostitution and the evils and diseases of the most revolting nature and character under which modern Christendom groans. And you know, we've talked about this before as well. Brigham Young taught the same thing as, as well as the other ones did, but there's, there's no historical evidence that, that that's that true. monogamy laid yeah. the evils of the world. Huh? Pratt also taught that Jesus was married and was a polygamist. I discover that some of the Eastern papers represent me as a great blasphemer, but I said in my lecture on marriage at our last conference that Jesus Christ was married at Cana of Galilee, that Mary, Martha, and others were his wives, and that he begat children. Boy, well, don't you just love that, that awful? For, oh, yeah, that's, <laughs> he went even further in his blasphemy by teaching that God the Father was also a polygamist. Well, he had done the math, right? He'd so he done knew, the math. He knew he could, that he, he, he could, figured it out. The only way he done. could do it is yeah, <laughs> helping God. That's what yeah. we have now clearly shown that God the Father had a plurality of wives, one or more being in eternity, by whom he begat our spirits as well as the spirit of Jesus, his firstborn. There you go. There you go. Now we're going to discuss the topic of, of Jesus being married, of Jesus living polygamy in a couple of upcoming shows very quickly, very soon. And so we'll go into deeper detail of that then. But Jesus being married and a polygamist is one of the worst teachings in all their heretical beliefs, in my opinion. Well, I think what they do is they extrapolate a, a teaching where you have to have, if men are going to become gods, then they have to be able to populate worlds. If mm -hmm. we're going to inherit a world, we have to populate it. Right. So we, we just... In, we just say, okay, well, this is how God's going to do it. He's going to have plurality of wives, and he's and, going and to have eternal sex. They brought and God we, down to their level. Exactly, and they're going to be eternally pregnant. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, and 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 actually, all they've done is just made a doctrine, a religion that's filled with power and sex. Yeah. That's all it is for eternity. Worshiping the creature more than the creator. Yes. Yeah. The Pratts were not followers of the New Testament Jesus Christ as their teachings and their lifestyle clearly testify to. So that's the story of the Pratts. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Thank you, Earl. You bet. You know what? Jesus died on the cross because we're sinners and need to be delivered from the penalty of sins committed. He died on the cross so that we would follow him, not so that we would follow someone else. We can follow Jesus without the help of Joseph Smith or someone named Kingston or Jeffs or Thompson or Nielsen or any other man. Jesus died on the cross for you and no one else did. To follow someone else instead of Jesus alone is taking the wrong road which will end up in the wrong place. The Bible tells us there is no other name given to us by which we must be saved. So give up every other name and follow Jesus only. Thank you for watching. This has been the audio podcast of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. Polygamy, What Love Is This? is produced by A Shield and Refuge Ministry. 
More information on this program, including the video version of it, can be found at whatloveisthis.tv. If you have any questions or need help getting free from Mormon fundamentalism, write us at contact at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 1-800-877-425-9993.